0: Hi, I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast on acting, art, and life. In this series, I'm talking to AMAW alumni, students, and clients about the challenges of acting and the joys of creating in the 21st century. For more information, go to anthonymeindl.com, or you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoy
1: on today's episode, Tony chats with Chelsea Harris, starring in Snowpiercer and featured in the upcoming Top Gun reboot, about how to show up for yourself as an actor and have the tools to deal with the challenges. They discuss the importance of finding your authentic self and how to be a role model for those discovering who they really are.
0: Today's podcast episode is sponsored by Wee Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com the video chat community, to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice, and hopefully book the fucking job. Hello, everybody. It's Anthony. Welcome to today's episode of In The Moment Podcast with my beautiful, awesome, creative, talented guest. You may know her before I announce her from Snowpiercer, Star Trek, Station 19, and... (laughs) The upcoming top gun. I want to hear all yes. of that. Yes. Well, oh god. Welcome <laughs> Chelsea Harris. That's when we push the applause.
1: <laughs> oh, I just clapped for myself, just so oh, that's somebody can okay. see me. <laughs>
0: you know, sometimes we have to clap for ourselves, don't we? Because the world doesn't always clap for us.
1: Well, I would also add to that that you know, you should probably clap for yourself first and then let the world follow, right?
0: Oh, mic drop already. We're not even a minute into the podcast. <laughs> Chelsea is like...
1: Whoa. I am ready, uh, baby.
0: <laughs> so you're... We were just talking before we recorded. You're in Vancouver. I am. So when did you get up there?
1: <clears throat> so I'm about two and a half weeks in. And you, so, know, and you had a quarantine, right? Yep. I was just going to say, so 14-day quarantine, anytime you cross over the border... So my little chihuahua and I have been in this adorable apartment for now, well, over 14 days. But it's, yeah, it, it, that is a commitment.
0: That is. But wait, so you can't, like, what about food? Do you, can you go out and get food or do they have to bring oh. food in? How does that yeah. all work?
1: So our production, the way that I'm here for Snowpiercer season three. So our production is magnificent. And they have cast assistants that, you know, you order food and they bring it to your door. They bring you anything you need. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and
0: can you use like the accommodations gym or anything like that? Ooh. No.
1: No. Oh my God. Nope. Nope.
0: What? Nope. Oh my God. It's like house arrest.
1: It is not that I would know what that would feel like, but I imagine, you know, yeah. from what I've Googled.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Without the ankle bracelet, right? Like.
1: It's, oh, but it's better than an ankle bracelet because the um, the Canadian government they call you, they call you, and they send oh, someone to your door to check on you. So no ankle bracelet. Like not bracelet. every
0: day, though, right?
1: Not every day, but you do have to call to check in with them, and then they call to check on your mental health. You know, at certain points, yeah, which is nice. Okay, wow.
0: There, oh, Canadians. Well, seems like everywhere is a little bit more of a humanitarian place, right? Like that. That speaks highly of like sort of the government's obligation to also tend to its citizens. You know,
1: it's it's an interesting. um, It's interesting for me to be here and to experience that difference, and also how how there seems to be this more universal idea of us versus the me, 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 me. Um, which it's, you know, it's so fun to shoot here and to see that because so much of what the show that I'm currently on, Snowpiercer, is about looking at both sides, right? The me, me, me and the, you know, the, the order versus democracy, the us versus the, the one, you know? Mm. Uh, so it's actually given me a lot of good stuff to use
0: to pull from well it is it's it's interesting right like we finally just passed or we congress just finally passed right the stimulus bill like I mean how hard is it to give its citizens money who are really like in desperate shape you know what I mean so it's very interesting and um so it's it's you know i'm sure people will argue well yeah canada's socialist you know what i mean that's socialism but like isn't any of it socialist supported in a way you know what i mean like social security is <sighs> is a is, form of socialism you know what i mean is. like yeah uh, so i don't know it's well that's it's, america
1: it's america and thank god i'm in canada <laughs> can say (laughs) hey i can't tell you when i got that work permit i was like oh yes baby let's go oh
0: yeah so now so you're up there for Snowpiercer. it's in season three already holy cow we're
1: in season three
0: and i i I mentioned that i'm friends with one of the actors on that show annalise Mm -hmm. and i think we we talked about claire it was she as she directed you or I, sorry, I don't remember. Yeah. So my friend Claire Kilner, who's coming over next week to have dinner outside socially distant. Don't worry. She and her husband. Um, got to tell everyone. Yeah, no, but, uh, yeah. So she's I incredible. feel like, I'm, yeah, she's really great.
1: I loved working with her. She got to do, um, she directed our finale episodes of, nine last year. And 10 of, of season two. Okay. Yeah. Which was, you know, it's a huge deal, right? Because, um, I don't know the way that it works for every show, but I take it that just maybe my, some of my assumptions, you know, the success of a finale also does play a little bit into like what's going to happen? <laughs> Do we get another yeah, season? Yeah. Do we not? You <laughs> know, and so, it, and she did it r- almost exactly a year ago. She and I, uh, we hadn't, yeah, she and I, that was right at the beginning of the pandemic.
0: Whoa, okay. Wow. Yeah,
1: yeah. We flew back together. <laughs> are you serious <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so how long so Chelsea you were you were so you were not in season one but you were in season two and then they obviously brought mm-hmm. your character back for season three yes so how long do you so how long are you sh- so you guys just started season three so just will started. you be up there for like six months how long are you gonna be up there
1: end of July oh yeah. wow yeah okay yeah Mm-hmm, mm-hmm it's it's <laughs> this is my first time as a as a series regular Series regular that's exciting well actually not my first time a series regular I was going to say first time out of the country um working on something ah, okay. I I had a very interesting experience in becoming a series regular before I was ready and that happened when I was 16 I want to hear it Okay, let me tell you because it's a it's a cautionary tale. It's a learning lesson for I think all people. And I'm an open book. Um, I was 16 and I was on a Nickelodeon show. And like, you know, like some of these child actors that move out to LA. Like, I had a legal guardian who was here with me, but she was like not my parent and couldn't really um, I think help and support me in the ways that. A minor needs, hmm. especially when they're working as a professional.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, but really, this falls on my shoulders. I just, I just didn't have the skill set yet. You know, I just didn't know what was required of, of someone who's a series regular, you know, and the the work and the energy that was required um, to have a successful show. And I did one season. And that was the one season I did, (laughs) you know, and yeah, I, I learned a lot from that, though. You know, it was disappointing to only, you know, to not be invited back for a second season. However, that lit a fire in me where I'm like, okay, no matter what now, it's an excellence. It's an Mm -hmm. excellence. Mm -hmm. And so the way that I show up to work now, um, no, I am I am I'm on it. I love what I do. I'm there on time. I know all my stuff. I've, you know, practiced, rehearsed everything. Like, you know, and that's one of the things that makes people want to work with you more and more and more and more is how much are you giving to this?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And really, I think professionalism, we can't ever underestimate like that's really everything right like showing up, being on you know I always like to joke what they say in Hollywood if you're if you're early you're on time if you're on time you're late if you're late don't even bother Mm -hmm. showing up like really just getting that mindset like sometimes in class like people are always late and I'm like this is a problem you know like if you can't it's also showing up for yourself you know what I mean like yeah I really do feel like uh It's, you know, not that I'm judging people who are late all the time, but I do think that there is something about not valuing your own time and showing Mm -hmm. up for yourself. And, you know, so I think it's interesting to take a look at, and also maybe at a subtler level, it might even be some level of self-sabotage, you know?
1: Definitely. Definitely. A self-sabotage. Yeah. Or it's like... There's so many thoughts behind behind that, <laughs> you know. Like, am I worthy of this? Am I good enough? That's right, worthiness. All- That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But I was gonna say, Chelsea. I bet that was yes. That was probably a painful, especially as a teenager, a painful lesson, but also a blessing in disguise, right? Because it, it was. <laughs> all things are blessings, even in the moment when it feels like it's a shit show. You know.
1: Yeah, it was a huge blessing, also, because it was right before the writer strike. So the, oh, show wow. okay. the show didn't show yeah. didn't continue to go on anyway. <laughs> However, uh, <okay. laughs> but I mean, let me be, let me you know reel it back. But I mean, it was also just a blessing because thank God that happened when I was super super, super young, so yeah. that I could blossom into an adult who values her time. You know, who values other people's time. Who who you know has I have I, I can say this about myself. I have a good work ethic. And I know that that goes incredibly far. Yeah. Well, I think it's also,
0: you know, at no fault of your own, sometimes the learning experience, I think we forget sometimes in this business or just the school of life that we're also here to make mistakes and mm. fall and mm-hmm. fail, failure is also part of success and our evolution yes. and our journey. And that, you know, to, to not, um, to me seeking risk also means seeking failure. You know what I mean? Because we're putting ourselves out there and experiencing our own evolution, even though it can be painful, but that's sometimes how lessons are gained. You know, so Mm -hmm. I always think it's always so interestingly interconnected, right? Like if you look at your journey now, looking back, you're still so young, but you see how, oh, that led to this and this led to that or that breakup, even though it was really painful at the time. Mm -hmm. Had I not gotten through it you know yeah it's really and it's also I was talking to my my a family member about something that they're going through and uh I just realized like I can't name names because it's so personal I was like uh but you know where they are sometimes they uh what's my word they sometimes I think judge themselves for not being further than they should in the subject matter right like something yeah. that they faced over and over again but mm. to me it's sort of like it's okay it's mm-hmm. like if you were supposed to have overcome that thing 10 years ago you would or also mm-hmm. maybe things are not fully ever over overcome like we i think have insights about stuff at deeper levels But I find that there's always themes in our life that we're always repeating and coming back to and meeting again. You're like, oh, old friend, (laughs) how I thought I have like left you. And then you realize like, oh, shit, I'm still dealing with my stuff, but
1: I have Mm -hmm.
0: tools to deal with them now or a different awareness.
1: That was exactly what I was going to (laughs) say, which is um, because I've figured this out within my own self too, you know, like, oh, wow, there are certain things that I thought I was over (laughs) that I am not. And however, you know, um, at least for me, it's been through a lot of different mindfulness practices um, and therapy, let's be honest, um, of, you know, like learning the tools to, oh, okay, when that thing comes up, I can see it oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and now I have the tools to, to deal with it, to work with it, you know, not to just be like, oh my God, you know, why me? Why is this still happening? I hate myself. No, it's like, oh, okay. There's just that thing again. It's yeah, <laughs> we can Chelsea, handle isn't it.
0: But isn't it interesting too, though, we still have a stigma, I think about therapy, which I think is fascinating to me because <sighs> we are, we are in, Uh, I do think like our awareness about things has changed and consciousness expands. It just is inevitable. Even if sometimes we feel like we're still stuck in the dark ages. Mm -hmm. Like I think collective consciousness is, I mean, look at the black lives matter protests and just human rights in general as well, or climate collapse or whatever it is. Like these things are spurring us into a new paradigm of if, if one wants to take those to a new level of awareness. Right. But I think it's fascinating that we're living in a time of mental health awareness and we still don't put our mental health first. There's like, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. Cause it was interesting. Cause we, the way you said therapy and I'm, I, I think we all do that. We like laugh about going true, to therapy, but it is, it's a feedback loop, a mirror of our own stuff and what it, what, more of a noble cause than to explore the self that's what acting Mm -hmm. is acting is just an exploration of ourself through the prism of different characters Mm -hmm. so to talk therapy to me seems to be like a no-brainer
1: you're so right and i'm really glad that we're talking about this because it is important to me to remove the stigma especially for people of color um you know, when talking about mental health, when talking about therapy, because, you know, within our community, I'm not just talking about the black community, I'm talking about, you know, like black indigenous people of color. There's, (laughs) it's, it's such a, um, there's just so much stuff around it and yeah, Mm -hmm. around it. And it's this, the shame, this embarrassment, this idea that like, if you're not a strong black woman, you know, who can hold all the stuff. Mm -hmm then something's Mm -hmm. amiss. And, and that is why, you know, I do, I'm very forthcoming. I'm like, yeah, therapy, (laughs) you know, as you, as you did just here, I did kind of laugh it off. However, I think it is so important to, to share and to talk about and to be forthcoming about so that other people can realize like, okay, this is okay. And just as acting, like you said, is an exploration of the self, so is therapy. And thank God somebody is holding your hand while you do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so it makes it even more more like safer, I think, in a way to, to look at things you've been afraid to look at, maybe just on your own.
0: For sure. I think there's that aspect of it too, right? Like I think people know that therapy is a confrontation of, you know, having to look at the stuff that we could be past trauma. It doesn't even have to be that intense. It's just, well, everybody's been traumatized at one form or another. I always say just by walking on this rogue planet, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so I think sometimes the fear of the unknown of what that is going to reveal makes therapy something like, oh yeah, no, I'm fine. I don't need to deal with it. Meanwhile, we're like, you know, crumbling inside. But I also think Mm. what you said I can't speak of, you know, the black experience, but I think also people like men also, I think often equate being, I think that we think in terms of therapy as a weakness. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can, should be able to handle this myself and I can do this myself, right? So these are all, all outdated old beliefs, right? As opposed yeah. to, it's not weakness at all. Vulnerability is a, is a point of empowerment, right? It's Very the way into everything, mm-hmm. yeah. But to talk about feelings, we have all that needs to be overhauled, I think. Like a new, I think this is, COVID has, I think. Yes. See, there's blessings, there's blessings in everything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's oh, I'm, cry- I'm crying audience. Don't worry.
1: Oh, Anthony. But it's yeah. true. There's
0: blessings in everything. It's brought forth a much more, uh, the awareness around mental health has mm-hmm. been a result of COVID.
1: It and that's ha- a very positive truly.
0: thing. Yeah.
1: I think it's a very positive thing. And it was during COVID that, that I started therapy.
0: Oh, and, wow. Yeah.
1: yeah. It was, um, I got to a point where I was just like, I can't handle this on my own, you know? Um, Because, because
0: Chelsea, why? Because why? Like what was going on? If you, whatever you feel like you can share, but.
1: Yeah. um, I was just, I was feeling. There are layers, right? You know, um, I think one layer was this fear of, of, okay, career wise. Oh my God, Uh I don't know what's happening. And also I'm at the precipice of more and, and that's also a scary thing, right? To allow yourself to come into more and oh my god, can I hold this? You know, though I think there was also this layer of um, real loneliness um, mm-hmm. that was coming up, and especially a lot of stuff um, around my my blackness and my womanness. Mm. Um and how you know so much was disrupted summer 2020, right? We can call out the events what they were, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter movements, um, yeah. you know, so much that that just got thrown in the air where it was very um, it was there were a lot of difficult conversations that I needed to have. And I mm. that I was not in a space where I felt like I could have those conversations, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, and so I just needed a safe space to be able to explore and like, like you know, take the layers <laughs> off, the mask off. Um, and, you know, I can also say that the reason why I started therapy is because of my dad. My father is, you know, a black man in his 60s who um, is a former Marine who has been in war who has um, at one point was even a civilian contractor um, in Iraq for five years when I was Whoa. younger, who has seen some horrific things, who, oh, you're gonna make me cry, who um, was brave enough as a black man to go to therapy and to say that he needed help. And mm-hmm. because of that, um, he is actually, he's in his last year getting his doctorate to become a psychotherapist. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, and oh, oh, wow. I know, and it, you know, and seeing how his life has has changed and who he has become, and the sweetness and the gentleness and the vulnerability, the access that has come out of him, um, inspired me.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much there to unpack. Like just military you know because I get it like to do their job they have to Mm -hmm. turn off the I've taught a lot of people who have a military background and you know feeling is so foreign to them at some level because they cannot be out you know being in the middle of a war zone and let their feelings overtake the rationality of a situation I get it so Mm -hmm. but to try to rewire that part of them is a is quite a long journey You know, I had a guy, this is so weird. I had a guy, I think he went, he was, he was at our school for a hot minute. And then he, I think he did, what's the heart? Is it the Marine Corps? I think maybe, what's the, I mean, I know they're all hard. So I'm not, but there's Um, one.
1: I know the one you're talking about. Is it Ranger? Uh, I know the one, I know what. Like a lot of
0: people, a lot of people don't survive. Yeah, they don't make it through the
1: program. I forget what it's called,
0: but he emailed me during that journey and he did graduate. He made it, but he told me, he's like, first of all, at some level, what you were teaching me at the school was harder than this in a way, just the emotional, like he, he felt like the emotional stuff that he was going through in his work at the studio, kind of what myself, and I think I was one of his teachers and whoever else was teaching him, making him confront and, Mm. you know, sit in feeling that was so new to him was very confrontive. But, but he also talked about how that really served him in getting through the program because he learned how to break segments down moment by moment. (laughs) Mm. And it was all just about the moment and that he would see people fail and bow out because they just would think way too far ahead. So he just, he thought, yeah, so Mm. he he was forever indebted to the the acting training component that helped him become just more here now, you know? Mm. And I think that speaks to a lot of these things, but I just wanted to say one other thing about, uh, uh, oh shoot, maybe it wasn't important because it's gone now, but we were just talking about therapy and and mental health and your dad. What was I thinking? Oh gosh. Well, it will come back to me. Yes. Um, I'm not firing on all cylinders this morning. So I don't know how good <laughs> of a podcast this is going
1: to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Usually <laughs> Usually I'm on it, but I've also am reducing my caffeine intake and I'm doing really well. So uh, maybe I'm just a little slower.
1: It's a process. You know, I actually, I cut out caffeine in January. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, wow. I cut it out. And Wait, so I get go it. Ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I just, just Now
0: I just remembered. No, no. Mm-hmm. I just remember because you were talking about January. I don't know why I'd like, but the thing that you said about during COVID, you realizing you wanted to reach mm-hmm. out and start talking to someone. This is something I lectured on yesterday in class because we still have classes outdoors here at our school in LA, right? We have these big plastic pods and we're cool. outdoors and yeah, that's yeah, really, really cool. And, uh, but I was lecturing on, and it kind of speaks to what you and many actors have gone through during COVID of identity. Like what is our identity when the thing mm. that we really feel is a calling I talked about purpose and I think that's all I'm going to do another lecture on it because I think purpose can be shame based and it really can mess with people's heads yes oh, because 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 Chelsea think about it are your purpose isn't derived by acting because if our purpose can be taken away from us, what does that leave us with? You see what I'm saying? And acting for a lot, not just acting jobs in general, were taken away from people during COVID. So does that mean you do not have any more purpose just because you're not getting paid to work? However, Mm. comma, the fact that that was brought up for you, even if you didn't think about it the way I'm sharing it with you right now, are to me the things that are, are the gifts that COVID have brought that yes, you want to work and you are working and you want to do good work and you find joy. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. Oh, I'm totally crying a lot. I I love it. I love it. And you feel like a sense of joy and your creative sweet spot in and through acting, but it doesn't define who we are. We're so much more than just a job. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. But when we only identify that way, it's, it can be very challenging for people to start to work through that. That, And also because we live in Hollywood and all of Hollywood, the measure of one's worth is what show are you doing? And who what are you, are you with working April on Price? now? That's right, what are you yeah. working on? What's your IMDB ranking? How many followers do you have? Like all of these, and that's fine, but it's not fine at the expense of your soul. It's not no. fine at the expense of, you know, the inner stuff. And so mm. I'm always trying to help actors at our school find this balance of being successful, but success isn't just the monetary aspect. Yeah. There are a lot of miserable people who are working, you know what there I mean? Are a that's lot another of, way of saying it. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. There are a lot of miserable people that are are very successful. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 It's, <laughs> Is finding joy and and then it becomes I I think more purposeful, like Mm -hmm. more full of what you can contribute and you can bring and you can show up with. This is how I want to do it, and this is Chelsea's way of sharing this story. And Mm -hmm. and you know that's one to me. It's like really you're you're firing on all cylinders. So you know what I mean.
1: I do know what you mean. And I love this because I, I also needed to hear this because you know for me, <clears throat> I know that my purpose, um, you know, my, my personal purpose, I am all about how do I empower the feminine? How do I empower more young women? How do I empower them to, to have more, um, to see their value and their worthiness outside of anything else, especially outside of the world that we live in? um I can do that whether acting is not or here you know whether it's not here I can do that wherever I can do that just simply with whomever is in front of me um and that is the thing that brings me the most joy but it's also a great reminder because that is one of the reasons why I did get into acting and I have to remind myself like oh yeah I got into it you know
0: this is why that's right yeah yeah, yeah. also I think what because it's international women's month but it should be Mm -hmm. international women's forever and ever like I mean it's just let women lead already and you know the countries that handle COVID the best all led by women thank you Angela Merkel thank you uh uh, uh, oh my god the 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 prime minister of New Zealand can't remember her name right now but Uh, yeah yeah. like yeah hello like you know Mm -hmm. um (laughs) but I was gonna say also like for for women to be free of the male gaze you know Mm -hmm. like like not let everything be through and again I'm maybe because I'm gay it's slightly different but I'm still male obviously but it is to me fascinating I think it's fascinating because all the things that I'm I have written and I'm working on are almost all female protagonist driven almost Mm, everything is all and this has been this way for 20 years all all the stuff that I've been writing it's all fe- almost all female leads yeah but i i find it interesting for i don't know what that's like for women to be yeah the the, the double standard of like you know are we we doing it for ourselves or do we have to do it to get a male's permission and that uh-huh. also speaks to the business right for i also think that the double standard of women having to look a certain way or being objectified sexually or you know what i mean
1: Yes, yes, which is why, I'll be honest, that is why I have found my own career path to be so interesting, is because so much of my, like, you know, I don't subscribe (laughs) at all (laughs) to the, um, the idea of how most actresses in my category, at least historically, are supposed to look. Uh Right. Like I years ago, I cut off my hair extensions and, you know, cut my hair super short and let it go natural. And, you know, I allow myself to toe the line of like, oh, what cultural femininity is supposed to look like Supposed to
0: look like. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And so many of the roles that I've played have also challenged what femininity is supposed to look like. And so none of it has been for the male gaze. And, you know, it's been a very, um, it's been definitely a challenge. One of the things I talk about in therapy, you know, a challenge within (laughs) myself on, um, you know, I feel sometimes I feel like, well, if I were to play to, to this, you know, these certain stereotypes and ideals, maybe I would work even more, Uh but Uh it's not authentic. It's, It's not honest to me you know, and, and, you know, what I'm most interested in is finding, as you were saying, what does success look like for the individual, finding what feels successful for me. And part of what feels successful for me is redefining what femininity looks like for myself. Hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I love that you said also not compromising your authenticity to, to do work. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, when you look back at your life, you're like, you know, I don't know. It's fascinating, right? The choices that we make and why do we make them, Mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, yeah, I mean, and I think, well, let me ask it too, because what popped out um, is like, do you play a lot of badass roles?
1: I do. I knew (laughs) it. Because I,
0: because Jesse, I feel like that is who you are. I feel it. But that's probably stuff that you probably worked on at the studio too and had awareness of, of like, to me, Mm -hmm. it's always assets and liabilities, right? Like that is a defining aspect of who you are. And then also in the work, we try to find ways of allowing the other parts that are not as easy to access because we default to our predominant thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um but so tell us so like okay so how long have you been so god at 16 how long where are you from originally
1: i'm from columbus georgia yeah and i moved i moved to la when i was like right on the eve of my 16th birthday
0: whoa Mm
1: -hmm. and you've Mm -hmm. just
0: been doing a steady ascent through you know what i mean like you just one foot in front of the other
1: I'm, I, I, beautifully done. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you know, it has been a steady ascent, you know, at times it has been, it has seemed faster and at times yeah. it has seemed slower, so but slow, it has yeah. been, you know, but it has been um, steady movement. Absolutely. And Oh my God, what a learning, what a learning process this has been, yeah. let me tell you, because, you know, f- like, coming up in this industry at 15 16 that's such a formative age right um moving to Hollywood at such a young oh age like, even... that'll 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 mess with your brain and yeah. so <laughs> you know I years ago I, I used to post pictures of what I looked like when I was like 16 17 18 because I had fallen into this idea like oh I can't I looked like a different person Anthony I looked like a different I want to see okay I'm like, do I pull up my Instagram She's and show him? Up. Do I, I look I'll go like your a Instagram different they're, person? They're, okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I had like the green contacts. I had super straight long hair that like oh, came down to my oh. waist. Super like light, like chiseled makeup, you know, perfectly like boobs pushed up to here. And Whoa. yeah, and this is the reason why I am so passionate about... Um, uh, women finding their authentic selves outside of society's ideas, because I remember how I felt back then. And I felt so far away from myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, yeah. you know, if anything, I'm like, let me stand as a role model for, for women discovering who they are. Oh my God. This is, well, this is like a before after. Can you see that? It's
0: oh, crazy. wow. Yes. I would not even, that doesn't even look like you.
1: I know. Yeah. That, <laughs> At all. You,
0: that is like a Las Vegas singer. And I'm not that like, is, no, yes. no offense to Las Vegas. And also if, if somebody wants to like have hair extensions and a big push-up bra and like doing their makeup, like get out of town, that's all for them. But I think your point is, is why do we do things whoever why? we are? Why do we do th- mm-hmm. that don't feel like her, for us?
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Why do we you know, do what we do?
0: You know, I I read this really great. I don't know if you've seen Nomad Land yet
1: oh god not yet i want
0: yeah it's really great it's i don't know if they have hulu in canada but like uh because it's on hulu but Frances mcdormand i read this article about her in the new york times and you know she's never and this is also okay it's all about choices but never had any uh, reconstructive surgery or botox or anything she just her face is lived in and the way a 63 year old woman or 65 however old she is or young she is uh how people look in other places besides Hollywood right and she just existing as she is and deciding very early on in her career that she wasn't going to let Hollywood change who she knew herself to be Mm -hmm. and she also once she started to get work in Hollywood she also moved out of Hollywood yeah it's a really interesting story and like Uh, I don't know, it's just fascinating how she has held on to the integrity of what she's wanted acting to be for her oh, and not compromise. I love yeah.
1: That.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. really powerful. And also though, but also I was gonna say last thing, Chelsea, I was gonna say, I was also blown away because even saying all that, and she's such a badass, right? Like even saying that and being married to Joel Cohen, one of the Cohen brothers, she many times was like, you know, I can't take it anymore. I'm out of this business. I can't handle it. This is too much. And she had already won, like one Oscar. And she was saying like, this is, but she persevered. And, and I think not letting Hollywood define who we are.
1: Yeah, that's the mark of a true artist. you know there's- yeah, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard. hard, it's hard, yeah. yeah. Like true artistry, I feel like is um, when you are genuinely in your own lane and when you are yeah. bringing something new to the culture that maybe you know is a little subversive or hasn't been done quite yet, it's like challenging. Um, the status quo. And that's what inspires me.
0: Well, I think it's interesting because Hollywood has a, what they think is a, the gimmick or the, the, I don't know, the system to... like if you do all these things, then you will become fill in the blank, right? And we know that, that <laughs> is not, that's not a real thing, but they keep subscribing yeah. to that thing that they think works because it's worked one time. So if it's worked one time, we have to replicate it and do it again and again and again. So I just think that's, that's the challenge for the actor or for the artists of any, uh, of any kind, writers, right? Anybody yeah. of like, well, I don't, sometimes when I watch stuff, I'm like, I think to get anything made is really amazing, but sometimes yeah. I'm like, God, can we, I mean, this speaks to also like black voices and indigenous voices and mm-hmm. trans voices and gay voices and women's it just it's just always the same thing. I'm like kind of tired of the same thing.
1: And I think that's you know, what it, it goes no, to, go what we were saying at the very beginning of the conversation, you know, to to take a risk is to risk failure and like, yeah you know, it, that's kind of what's going on. I feel like oftentimes when we're seeing a lot of the same stuff, you know, we're seeing the same pattern same, you know, the same thing just over and over again, it's like, oh, but we don't want to fail. And it's like, well, let's not, let's not take too big of a risk.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's also, I always joke, like, like, a lot of the uh, networks or entertainment companies are owned by big corporations. So it's like, it's like they're being owned by Chevron or Shell Oil. You know what I mean? Like, so technically our bosses are like oil companies. (laughs) So why would they want to take any kind of humane, uh, interesting kind of risk? You know what I mean? Like they're not, they're designed to make money. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. I just, I mean, it's a whole other argument about capitalism equals colonialism equals yep. climate. You know, I'm a big climate yes. advocate, yes. and like, I, I don't heard. think people have really put together, like, if we think about how America was forged, colonialism is also an example of why we have climate collapse.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So,
0: Absolutely. I don't know. It's just, I, I'm always trying to get climate stuff in my podcast no matter what i can do
1: well let's go there because i i appreciate that because that was um working on snowpiercer Uh, uh the number one thing that i um that really shifted in me after i finished working on season two was my my love of nature Uh, being up there right yeah yeah, my savoring nature and it wasn't necessarily just being up here in vancouver it was the fact that you know what snowpiercer is about is um snowpiercer begins after a climate crisis that's right and you know it's like there's a whole new ice age and so the whole world is frozen over and the last living human beings live on this train that just circles the earth (laughs) and (laughs) And, you know, there's so many moments in the show where it's like, oh my God, the savoring of a vegetable or, oh my God, this orange, you know, or, or um, like, oh, a, a plant, you know, and mm-hmm. the, um, the, you know, you see how important it is to these people because all this stuff is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the experience mm-hmm. of walking around the forest and, and enjoying the trees, you know, <laughs> is gone you know, or sitting at the ocean is gone, having your feet mm-hmm. in the sand, it is gone. Um, and that w- there was a moment last year where I was sitting in my backyard, um, listening to a song about, <laughs> you know, about, uh, you know, loving the earth and mother nature. And I was just bawling because it all came to me where I was just like, oh my God, the grass, <laughs> you know, I'm like the trees, these bushes, these flowers. Um, because I had been living in this, um, you know, the psychological space for so long and doing season two of, of oh yeah, the stuff no longer exists anymore. Mm. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, climate climate change is real. Climate, yeah. I mean, let's, we have yeah. to really take care of the earth and be good stewards of the earth.
0: But also just, you know, Chelsea, for me also, like the political, I mean, I don't know why it's become, only in America. I mean, well, maybe there are factions in other parts of the world, but like every other country was signed up for the Paris Agreement. And a lot of countries have really, you know, trying to reduce emissions. And I always find it like, why is this become politicized in America? I, I just, it's so strange. becomes politicized
1: in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> really,
0: but I, but, but I guess my point though, too, is like, again, the, the drive for Capitalism, like the, the the money drive and yeah. like how we revere billionaires, but billionaires exploit people and exploitation is part of the problem. Yep. It's like at a humanitarian issue, right? But also at the exploitation of resources and people and energy. and And so it's funny that we want billionaires to solve our big crises and we give them hero stature, but they're actually part of the problem. And then also just the income inequality divide and like, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. So it's just, to me, it's all connected. And I think you had that Mm -hmm. amazing moment in the park. Like, yeah, it's like, it's all connected. Everything is connected. Right. And you pull one thread in a way that doesn't honor humanity and nature, which is humanity. Mm -hmm. And it starts to unravel, which is I, you know, what I think what we're experiencing, but you know, I have hope, but I also,
1: <laughs> it's,
0: yeah, it's a really interesting time. I think, you know, what just happened in Texas is I had a nightmare oh the other God. night about like, yeah, I, I, I was like, I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I had, was it, the dream was like in LA, there were like sub-zero temperatures and I don't know, it just was, I've really moved through my stuff about, I've been, because I've been really interested in climate collapse for a while, but uh, you know, I've gotten really angry about it now and use it in a way that I'm, I've written a script about it. And mm. I feel like you want, it's like anything. Once you move through your stages, you start to feel more activated and wanting to yes. talk about it or do something about it. And you don't feel overwhelmed with like depression or anxiety, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, well, because That's how you really affect change is by like, yeah. okay, like, let me use everything I'm feeling to, to activate and like do something, take action in some way.
0: Let me ask you about, so do you feel like in the last couple of years, there've been more roles for black artists and what's your journey been since you've been in the business for a long time? Like yeah. more interesting roles? Are things changing, do you think?
1: Oh yes, things are changing. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like there have absolutely been more interesting roles. I would say, like, within the last, like, what year is it? Like, the last five years. Oh, Last wow. okay. five years, I've definitely seen um, uh, more, not only more opportunities on bigger projects, but also, you know, instead of having the Black character be just the sidekick, right? Or just like when it's supporting, you're seeing them being moved into the forefront the lead, where yeah. they, yeah. yeah, where they are the lead. Um, they are the protagonists. Um, you're seeing, or I've been seeing various, um, ideas on like how black people show up in the world. Right. For so long, I felt like, Oh, the Hollywood industry only sees black folks as this monolith and you're this, you're this, you're this, or you're this. Right. You're either like the super sexy girlfriend. You are the, you're the cop. For whatever reason, black cops. You are yeah. the, um, or you're like, you know, the the mammy type character, or you're like the sassy friend. You're only one of those. And right now, I mean, I'm seeing a wide array mm-hmm. of characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, on Star Trek, I loved that character. I got to, I got to be this doctor, you know, the scientist who was on this like new. This, this new trek into another world. Undesignated um, survivor, a character I love so dearly. I got to be um, this new young White House staffer who had come up oh, out yeah. of grassroots organizations and was there to prove herself and to work um, for the president. Um, yeah, I'm seeing that the role that I'm on right now even was written for a man originally. Like when I first oh, read the script, cool. she was a, she was a he. Um, yeah, so I'm seeing all kinds of stuff open up and it's really exciting.
0: So did you, for that audition, did you just go in even though, were they seeing women for that role or were you going in for something else and then they decided to?
1: They were seeing women, thank God to, I don't know who was the person who, who what, was it the producers or was it Whitney Horton, the, the casting director? Um, who was like, let's see women for this, but mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely when I read the script, um, she was a, he, uh-huh. and I, I know that other women went in because I had a few friends audition.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Chelsea, that speaks to, for actors who are listening, like, I'm always saying like, you're not auditioning for a role, you're auditioning for your career you your, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you go in for something. A lot of times people, uh, don't cast themselves in the role because they're like, oh, I got this audition for whatever. And then they don't feel like it speaks to how they would get cast. So they're like, I'm never going to get that. That's going to go to blah, 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 blah. But you never know. You just go in and you do your work. And if you're doing good work, even if you're not right for that role, somebody's going to be interested in your essence and your personality and what you bring to it. And then they could like, they rewrite it or they put in a new role or, you know what I mean? Yeah. you You were saying how... In season two, now you're one of the leads, but like in season two, it started as what? Recurring guest or- or,
1: Yeah, it was a recurring guest star. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see?
0: So you just do good work and then writers. I always say the key is, is if you're a good person and the writers, you get to know the writers and the writers like you, they're going to write for you.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's it. You
0: want to bring Chelsea back. (laughs) It's not not rocket science, really. Like, you know what I mean? We want to- fun characters and fun people are it's just it
1: it's fun it's so simple in a sense like it's really really simple do good work be a good human have fun (laughs) that's really it we're not reinventing
0: the wheel here uh uh no we're not no so jesse tell me about so top gun can you say <laughs> anything about it or no i mean
1: i don't know I can, like i can say yeah. a little bit i can say yeah. a little bit when is it coming out so god willing that you know i know the president right now thinks we'll be able to get back to normal uh fourth yeah. of july the it's coming yeah. out uh just before the fourth of july july 2nd
0: yeah. a big summer blockbuster Ooh!
1: <laughs> i know
0: they're not going to release a Tom Cruise movie during COVID. No, they are going to hold on to that until, Mm-mm. right?
1: Or let's say this differently. Tom Cruise isn't going to release a Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, that's like, right. That's what <laughs> I mean. During COVID. Yes. Oh yeah. my
0: gosh. Okay. So I remember the original Top Gun.
1: Mm-hmm. That's it, how old I am. Well, I mean, I watched it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it was something. Whatever. It was Whatever. a tough <laughs> no, experience. People, so while we were there filming it, we filmed it on um, Naval Base Coronado down in San Diego. And uh-huh. people who, so we're on the real military base. And um, you know, at one point we got invited to some party that was like, it was a big dinner party um, for like one of the Naval captains, something like that. And people came up to us and are shaking our hand, they said, I joined, I joined forces because of that film. Thank Whoa. you. Yeah, I had no idea. I mean, that's when it really clicked for me what a big deal this was, because it's a big deal as an actor, right? To get to work with Tom Cruise, John Hamm, uh, hmm. you know, like like Charles Purcell, like you know, these really great actors. But yeah. then it's another thing to hear. From somebody who would be in the audience saying, that affected me. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) That's a different experience. Yeah. But that's also the power of like storytelling, right? Yeah. It really really is. Mm -hmm. But your show,
0: you know, dealing with climate collapse and starting to think about it in a different way. And if that wakes people up to a conversation, like that's that's the thing. That's the power of art, you know. That is,
1: I I absolutely think so. Yeah, that's why,
0: you know, even though sometimes I lose my shit about stuff, I, I do feel like all art is purposeful, even if it's like something like you and I would be like, well, whatever, I don't get it. Or it wasn't my thing. Or I've seen that 10,000 times. But for somebody else, mm-hmm. it might be they're the beginning of a huge renaissance for them. It might be an opening for them about going to therapy or talking yes. about yeah abuse or right or wanting to join the military whatever it is so like all art is necessary and that's why all of us matter like whatever stories we want to tell yeah so yeah can i
1: tell can i tell you in saying that like lizzie mcguire do you remember lizzie mcguire yes
0: i mean i don't but yes
1: but yes yes yeah 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 (laughs) lizzie mcguire changed my little teenage life okay Because she was an outcast, she was awkward. She had these like super cool but quirky, awkward friends, and I was like, "Oh my god, she's me!" I'm like, "I get it." And so, all art is purposeful. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you never know. That's right.
0: You Even little Miss Liz- 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 Lizzie McGuire. Hey, who <laughs> played that role? Hillary that, Duff. Um... Hillary Duff. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> So Chelsea when do you start filming? When cuz you're done with the quarantine?
1: I start filming next week.
0: Oh wow, okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm I mean I couldn't be more excited. We're yeah. jumping straight into this. Um this is the coolest show. I'm working with a director that I've already worked with before and love. Um, cool. yeah. So Well be great. let's
0: let's do I mean, we're already, it's already an hour. That's how fast okay. it goes. I know wow. it's crazy. But let's do, I like to do a speed round here at the end. Let's do it. Okay. If you weren't an actor, what would you be?
1: A veterinarian.
0: Oh, wow. Did you just say that like-
1: <laughs> No, it was the first. I, I wanted to be a vet when I was a kid. I wanted to be okay. a veterinarian.
0: <laughs> okay, I love it. Uh, your favorite film of all time, or just a favorite film. Ooh, mean Girls. Oh. Good choice.
1: You seem surprised.
0: No, it is no, 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 no. I was a little, but it is. I love that movie. One thing: what's something you can't do without?
1: Chapstick. I got big lips, baby. <laughs> Come on.
0: <laughs> I got, uh-huh. do, you, do you chapstick or do you Carmax or is it? I do
1: like, Laneige. Original. I oh, do some oh, fancy stuff. What is huh? it called? Laneige.
0: Laneige.
1: Okay, Laneige. Oh.
0: But for <laughs> those of you who cannot afford Lanise, just get chapstick, dollar ninety nine at Rite Aid. Okay. There you go. Uh, who's your celebrity crush?
1: Oh gosh. Or female. Male or female. There are a few right now. Katherine Heigl, because I'm watching Firefly Lane, and I'm just like oh, in love I'm with her.
0: Okay. Love her. Yeah, I've heard it's good. I haven't seen it, so I don't. It's there's a lot of stuff.
1: It's surprisingly fun and guilty pleasure yeah fun okay (laughs) okay
0: um what's I'm just gonna throw this one in this isn't usually a question what would advice what would you what would be advice you would give to your younger actor self
1: now Mm. that you've been yeah trust I I would tell myself to trust the fact that I don't fit in and know that that is actually my superpower
0: uh uh-huh yeah you fit in in your own way, right? Like, I fit yeah. in,
1: yeah. And by fit in, I mean um, status quo. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh huh. What's something that you is a takeaway from the studio?
1: Oh, just being in the moment. That is it. Literally, is it. being in the moment. Yeah. Trusting what comes through.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Because, like, even, even when you've everything mm-hmm. blocked or planned or rehearsed or talked through and you've, done all your prep work. What do you have? You have the moment and you have the mm-hmm. person you're playing opposite and the, the beautiful, you know, mystery of what might or might not happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, That's really me. why I think we're doing it.
1: That's the exciting piece.
0: It, yeah. It is the excitement of it. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. anything can happen.
1: That's it. That's it. <laughs> like life.
0: Like, yes. Life. It's just like life people. Oh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Such a broken record. Um, how would you describe acting in one word?
1: Ooh, thrilling.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And last one, what's your definition of love?
1: Mm-hmm. My definition of love is allowing others to see your ugly parts and loving other people's ugly parts. Mm. hmm hmm
0: I always say, Chelsea, my definition of love is just this moment right now. Mm. Aw. Yeah. So thank you for being here. It's so good to see your beautiful face. I'm so, I don't know why I'm like so emotional. I'm just so happy for all your success and- Thank you. Just kept plugging away um, and that we reconnected. Tell our listeners like where, so Top Gun's coming out in July. (laughs) But- no, Piercer, when, when did new episodes start airing?
1: Um, so, new oh, episodes, yeah, right now, I believe we're on episode, um, well, right now in time where we've just aired episode seven. Um, you can watch it on TNT. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, TNT, TNT Monday nights at nine. Um, you can also, if you're outside of the US, you can watch it on Netflix. And you oh. can also watch the first season, if you are in the US, on HBO Max.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then Chelsea, where can people find you on, on the gram?
1: You can find me on the gram at Ms Chelsea Harris. So M S Ms. Chelsea Harris.
0: Thanks, hey, Chelsea. It's so great to see you.
1: This is really fun. Yeah, and so good to see you too, Tony. Wow.
0: Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice. And hopefully book the fucking job.